Hi, welcome to Sandtopia Podcast. This is Dr. Irene Lazarus, and on today's episode, we speak with Karen Acuna, a bilingual licensed professional counselor who is certified in trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy, otherwise known as CBT, and is a Circle of Security Parent Facilitator. She has a lot of experience in working with children, teens, and adults, coping with anxiety, depression, and life transitions and complex histories of trauma. On today's episode, we focus on what is trauma and major um, misconceptions that she's seen in her practice. Hopefully, with some of the resources that she highlights in her experience, one can gauge and also learn something new regarding trauma. Enjoy! Hi, everyone. We're here for the podcast Antopia in Wild Salsa in downtown Dallas. We wanted to shake it up, make it different for this uh, podcast today. Um, we are in the middle, or we're at the end of um, uh, Dallas Startup Week, and we're enjoying the energy here, all the inspiration of all the entrepreneurs. Uh, I actually just came from the conference for. Um, Hint water. I'm drinking it here. I'm showing it here. Ooh, pretty, pretty. Uh, the founder was an inspirational woman and really uh, concerned about trying to change products and taking out dangerous products that are in water. And that's, and you know, empower the buyer to know that that's, that's going on, you know, even though you don't know. Yeah. And so I feel like this is the same message that we're trying to do on Santopia, where we're trying to empower you guys to take ownership, have some resources, learn something new, and then possibly go and get help or medical advice and actual clinical care from a doctor. So we're, we're doctors. I'm a doctor. She's a licensed uh, professional counselor, but um, this is a health education show, so we're here to give you all the resources that we know and the inside scoop. And um, so we wanted to start off with trying to introduce my wonderful woman uh, colleague here, Ms. Karen Acuna and to see uh, her journey and to see what she overcame first um, to, and to probably hopefully, hopefully inspire some of you out there who are probably struggling or how, how do you go about doing that? Yeah. And she's been there, done that, so I think she's a good person to kind of tell us what she did. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So I'm really excited to be here in part of Santopia and to everyone that's tuning in um, and you know, mm-hmm. the whole community, if you're going to tune in later, I'm really excited to be part of this. And so, like she said, my name is Karen Acuna. Um, I'm a licensed professional counselor and I'm a registered play therapist. And um, a lot of my training has been done in the field of trauma. Trauma, yep. Uh, so I've got some EMDR training. I'm in the process to go through that certification process. Okay. And then yeah. I am yeah, trauma-focused CBT trained and um, circle of security parenting. So a couple things here and there, okay. uh, additional to the licensed professional counseling uh, mm-hmm. from Texas yeah. uh, that that includes. And so, um, so yeah, so a little bit about me, just to give you guys a background. I uh, grew up in Los Angeles, Los, Los Angeles, LA. LA. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> crazy side of LA and then we, we grew up around that area a couple couple different places my parents are pastors oh. and so um, that's where I grew up and so after that when I was around 15 years old 
I was a junior, I was 16 at junior, my parents decided that they wanted to just pick up and move to Texas. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up coming to Texas when I was about 16. A big transition there because when you're in your junior year, you know that's pretty hard. But uh, yeah, so then I went to Evangel University in Springfield, Missouri and started my bachelor's program there. And then went on over to Southwestern AG University in Waxahachie, mm -hmm. and I did my bachelor's in counseling, and I did my uh, master's in clinical counseling psychology. Cool. So that's where... Now you guys know why I brought finished. this woman on the show. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't experienced trauma in their lives? If you haven't, I think you're not human. As a student, you experience trauma. Yeah, every, every final it's, exam. It's hard, it's hard, and that's not to minimize trauma. That's not what... You know, yeah. but it is to it is it's a difficult, definitely a big challenge. Right, so. and and too, I feel like the reason why I wanted to bring you on the show is because people associate trauma like, oh, only the big hitters, or I never experienced anything, and it's like, well, that's what we're trying to say that trauma can be different ways, and it can happen acutely. It can have it doesn't necessarily have to affect your life forever. But the thing is that sometimes trauma can, if you do not address it well, yeah, affect absolutely. your life forever. Absolutely, and so. And you don't have to experience trauma in your childhood only. You can experience it even as an adult. At any point in our lives, yeah. um, we we are all subject. I mean, not subject, uh, but we are all in a position to experience to experience it, it right? Uh, yes, as human beings to experience some some form of trauma, right? Um, so I guess to start off with with trauma. So yeah, what is it <laughs> exactly? What uh. is it so that you don't leave here feeling traumatized? Like I'm confused. Uh, trauma is a a state where you feel confused or a situation happens where the person feels um, there was some form of threat physically or um, confusion emotionally and shock. And so that comes in various forms. And so um, many times when we think of trauma, we think of something extremely severe, which it is. I mean, we look at uh, wars, a lot of things that are happening overseas. Um, it could be anywhere uh, that someone's experiencing um, violence in their neighborhood, their community. Yeah. A sense of safety is safety. yeah is, is shook up, and that's that could be a trauma. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's also hurricane people that have experienced hurricanes, natural disasters that could be a trauma, a death in the family, abuse, domestic violence, um, PTSD. We see a lot with. I mean, all through the spectrum, but we have this belief that PTSD and that's post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, we think that's only associated with war veterans, which it is. But uh, is a classic example, but actually. But yeah. actually, yeah, mm -hmm. it's not. It's not just war veterans, uh, but a lot of people that have something that has happened in their childhood, that's happened in their lives, that has affected them and has. It has a. It's just created again. It's it shook up their sense of safety. It could even be a situation where someone went to a hospital and a loved one surgery. Yeah, surgery. Like you're not even the one sick, but you can experience trauma from being a part of something traumatic yeah. or for someone else yes. that you care about. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the other thing to say with that, which I think is really important uh, to note, is that we, I mean, working with children that and adults that have been abused uh, that have had trauma that's one of the things I work with but sometimes we see that the child that went through abuse or went through a, a trauma they are not trauma but a situation that was traumatic mm -hmm. they don't experience trauma and it's their parents that are experiencing the trauma mm. so not everyone that has gone through a difficult situation that could be can experience yeah, so some people okay, just... Okay, the trauma, well, the quote-unquote definition of what trauma is that requires therapy. Yes, 
And so that is to say that not everybody experiences a trauma when they go through a difficult situation. Okay. Um, but we can all definitely be vulnerable to it. So we mm-hmm. have to be mindful of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to know what it is, what mental health is, and we can look into some symptoms right now. But yeah. that's just a, a, a little bit of a definition of what trauma is. Trauma is. Yes. And that's very good. I mean, that's why, I mean... I wanted to talk about it because I think like no one can, I mean, some, everyone can relate to this topic. Absolutely. And that, Absolutely. and the point of Santopia uh, is a health education show uh, that you're going to know, oh, I learned something different about that. And then, oh, I have a little a guidance of how I can go and Google that or research it my own going back to the empowerment of you to become educated about something get some coping skills and then if you realize well this is not enough maybe you know and then have some resources at the end to know where to go if you need a little bit more than just reading up on the subject yeah and that's a great thing you bring up because what we're what we're getting at here is uh, educating and so it's not to give any kind of Advice. It is simply to educate uh, all of our viewers or all of your viewers in Centopia <laughs> podcast um, that there are resources out there, mm-hmm. and we will get that. We get. We will get towards that at the end. Yeah. But there, there is resource out there. There is help. Um, so yeah. Well, Karen, so the next question would be, you know, since you you practice with this, you see it every day, day in and day out. What are like the major, a major theme of like the type of traumas that people you've seen or and what kind of, you know, through your, obviously you have experience and expertise. What, what have you seen? It might be insightful for someone to know about trauma and then that how common it is or a little nuance of your, you know, distilling it and then you're like I think that this could be an overarching theme or advice in general about trauma. Well I work a lot with children and families that have been impacted by trauma Um, and I'm a bilingual therapist so I do see a lot of Spanish-speaking families okay Um, and that is either the the child speaks English and then the parents only speak Spanish and so that's where that's where I come in Um, But one of the things is, especially within the Hispanic community, is that it's very much seen as taboo or it doesn't really exist or Uh you need to snap out of it and just keep going. And so Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it's not looked on as uh, we would the health of the body and the mind is connected to the body. And so that's one of the things that I would say that I see is that we have to... um, you know, we get people that come in with symptoms, and many times it's, it's. I, I, first of all, I don't understand the symptoms. I don't know what's going on, and that's why it's so important to get educated. And if there's something that's a little abnormal, something that's that you're noticing has changed and it is affecting your daily life, then those are that's things the, that's you wanna, the key. That is the key because we all yeah. get sad. Yeah, it's not like, oh, I feel sad. I need to go to the therapist immediately. Yes, no, it's not right. that. <laughs> and that's not the chaos we're trying to, you know, invoke in people. But it is very much that uh, it's, I mean, we all get sad. We all experience anger. We all experience sadness. Right. But it is um, something that is... A dysfunction is, of, it, of a daily activity. Right. Or it's disrupting your everyday life. It's affecting your relationships. It's affecting your work performance. So if it's something that's in you know getting in the way of that and disrupting that and that's something that you would want to get looked at and mm-hmm. seek help and so going back to your question mm-hmm. um working within a lot of the hispanic population is is educating the community educating my parents educating my teens my kids in in really understanding what trauma is 
And that again, it's an illness that is in the body. Just like a diabetes. Just like diabetes. You need to get your metformin, you gotta get insulin, insulin does the same thing. Exactly, but yeah, we <laughs> wouldn't, like we wouldn't shame anyone because they had a heart, their heart wasn't working properly. That's, you know, part of mm -hmm. the fun. So the, it's the same way that sometimes we feel the stigma of, I don't wanna go get help because I have some symptoms of depression. You know, I need to snap out of it. And so mm -hmm. some people can do that and they can work through it. And some people can't and they need a coping skill. A cope, yeah. Because I think skills, I, I think that it distills down to it's not that you don't know how to get coping skills. It's that sometimes someone is a personal. It's like a coach that you might know how what basketball is and you know about a layup. You know about how to dribble, but maybe you're not dribbling effectively enough to get the layups or whatever. Yeah. And then the that's the coach. That's the that's when you come in, Karen, and you're kind of guiding them in the journey for them to discover their own way of coping. Absolutely. And you're not trying to tell them or dictate which coping skill they need. You're just presenting an array and maybe testing it out with along the journey with them. Which I'm, I'm glad you bring it up because many times people get scared to come to therapy because they're like, I'm just gonna go and talk to a stranger, which it is intimidating, you know? You're not naturally gonna go and sit with a stranger and, and say, here's- Spill all your beans out. Right, but- <laughs> but all your life. Exactly, it's very, it's very unnatural, but mm -hmm. um, we all have a need and a sense to connect. I mean, like yes. we said before, we have a natural desire to connect. And so when you go to therapy, know that it is it is talking, but it is a structured treatment yeah. that is there to help you. Like, you know, Dr. Irene just said, it's coping skills. It's uh, processing through processing. what happened. Um, so not to get too much into the therapy process, but it is great for you just to go into a one session and get information from your from a therapist that you would go see. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can get informed as to what, uh, what, what it all includes because therapy is proven to be very effective in the treatment of trauma and depression and for just mental health. So. Yeah. So you mentioned like that one arching, arching theme in, that you're seeing in, and you gave me an answer. So you said it's a lot of uh, taboo and I would, mm -hmm. I would assume, I would, I would like to add that, yeah, you, you might know a lot about the Hispanic because that's what you, uh, your experience, but I feel like it's taboo for anyone, even the American yes. or African American, I mean in general. Um, and point, and yeah. then you said like a solution for it is that when they come into the door, you educate and say what it, and then they're like, oh, okay, I understand. Yes, I'm so glad There's, you said that. So I was gonna, yeah. So yeah, because it's I don't I don't just work with the Hispanic population. I work through uh, all cross cultural, uh, and so but yes, I think generally you you just hit the nail on the head that it is just a stigma in general mm -hmm. and so education is power I know that you hear that a lot but it's like mm -hmm. it, it is power when you understand what is the root of why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling mm -hmm. and to actually get some help through that and some support through that mm -hmm. um, it's very empowering and that's why it has been like I said it goes back to this is treatment evidence-based treatment that that helps people overcome uh, mm -hmm. difficulties in their lives where it's, it, it, it affects their ability to cope with it. Mm -hmm. so, yes. Cool. Yeah. So the, um, I guess outside of just educating and probably doing the show to help someone kind of demystify the, the barrier of like, you know, I don't want to go because that's taboo. What other tips or how, how you've seen, give me a, like an example of one personal experience story where they were super scared like you were almost kind of worried for the person but they're not on board on getting therapy and how did you how did you convince them to come to the side of okay well I think you know that, what I'm saying yeah you know? no, no, how do you convince uh, you know one of those like yeah I don't want to come here I don't want to be here and then they you what you do like to get them I think it's um, 
important. I'll, I'll say it generally because yeah. it's happened several times where okay. where you do get the, the someone that comes in and is very skeptical about about counseling, especially working with children. Like the parent, mm. the child is is involved, and the parent isn't mm-hmm. very committed to it. And mm-hmm. then you get the parent that's committed to it, and the child that isn't committed to it. So uh, the way that I approach that is is simply, um, you know, I think being going to school, being a therapist, we can easily say, look, I've got all this training, I've got all this, you know, specialized training and, and, and degrees that I can help you. I don't think that's what makes people feel comfortable. I think it's being vulnerable and being open. And so one thing I do is, mm-hmm. is I educate them, but say, why don't you just give me, give me three sessions and give me the opportunity to see what, how I can help. And if in those three sessions you're not on board, then we're done. We're good. You, know, you, you can decide not to do that um, because it's just letting them know that I'm not here to tell you this is what you have. I mean, counseling isn't someone to tell you what to do. It's someone that's helping you through that process, like you said, a coach. Uh, but it's treatment, like you would go somewhere and, and, and steps you have to, that you do follow uh, to try to help you get better. But I think a lot of people get scared. I mean, just going into a counseling office can be intimidating. Um, so when a therapist sits with you and says, you know what, let's just try this. And if you don't, because uh, one, one point to think is you may go to a therapist and you may not work well together. You know, it's just, it's just life. a personality thing. Personality and I think this is the one type of therapy or medicine that would be like, it depends on, it's like a relationship, a bond that you build is a professional relationship. Because yeah, boundary. Yeah, there's a boundary, <laughs> but almost you yes. can become almost like personalized so much because you're, you're you're being very vulnerable. So there's a, a high connection. Yes. But but that's the thing you want because in that you can you'll you'll be able to reach your solution better. Yes. If you're not trusting that person, it, it has nothing to do with that person. Sometimes you just I just don't like her personality. I don't like her ways. Okay. Yeah. I think that's good, and then go and find someone else. That's a great point because I mean because it's an important element of exactly. the dynamic. You have to connect with your counselor. I mean, it's okay to shop around to go to a therapist and say, "On my intake, I don't, I don't know if this was for me." Um, mm-hmm. Being honest, I know that as a therapist, if it doesn't work out, it, I. I invite openness because maybe I can match that person with someone and I have matched a a client with someone else that they would connect better with and they would work better with because different therapists have different modalities and different styles of of treatment. Mm -hmm. So it's okay if you go to therapy and it didn't work out. It doesn't mean that that's that's how all therapists works and that's just a general thing Uh across across the board. Um, So being open to that and kind of looking around. Yeah, that's, what I would that's good. I mean, I I don't want, and I know it's kind of like, well, I don't want to. It feels like a, oh, I don't want to do that person wrong. But it's like actually, this is actually something natural, and almost probably you you're already expecting that. You're kind of almost giving that freedom to the person yeah. because it's kind of a personal decision. And absolutely, yeah. and your therapist is there to work. I mean, wants the best for you ultimately. Right. And if that's not with them, they want that with someone else because that's what we came into this profession. So <laughs> good to help. Yeah. Well, let's transition into probably like um, actual common big hitters like I know that depression is a big one yeah and there's a lot of like like depressed subclinical depression so it almost like well you know it's like a very you know it's a wide spectrum of depression it is it's not and it's very common Mm -hmm. Um, and you know what are the differences between oh you're, you're you're just sad versus okay this is a problem yeah, and, and so like, the people are aware that, like, okay, who's listening? You're like, I feel sad. I feel this. What is? I don't even know. You know, processing. Yeah. And and we've all used it in a way. 
like when we said earlier I with the school traumatized I mean sometimes people do feel traumatized through the whole process of school because mm-hmm. it's so draining uh, but sometimes we use depression very incorrectly like we say I just I'm depressed and we just feel sad like a trending word like, like a trending word and it's and it's really not uh, but so how do we do not make it like that what, so, what would be like right one thing I would definitely encourage is looking at behavior that is abnormal that is not something so if we are all in a state of sadness especially mm-hmm. after an adjustment there's been a new job a new city those are all very typical uh, or very normal responses sadness is a normal response even depression to a change yeah. but it's when it's taking I would say longer than two weeks to a month like you, you've noticed it's been ongoing um, and it's affecting your daily life again okay um, every single day I feel so drained to get out of bed every single day I'm just struggling and I, I mean, it's not getting better, and it's just progressively getting worse. Or even mm-hmm. it's even if it's maintaining the same, but you're not feeling any sense of joy over this this period of time. It's something that I would say get it checked out. I mean, yeah. there's um, there's medicine, and I know that there's people that have their res- reservations, reservations on that. that and that's, that's why th- that's okay. why we, therapy is a good alternative. Absolutely, and um, if you want to, yeah, you don't want to. Ple- put with drugs and all mm-hmm. and it's like one of the most prescribed I just read something somewhere I don't remember what article it was but like SSRIs are like almost like number one two biggest prescribed yes. medicine and yes. it's in the water that we <laughs> drink like yes. they find it in the water yeah so it's like candy apparently it but is <laughs> but it's, it's important to note that I mean when we go into a, a, a chemical dependence a chemical dependency a, a chemical imbalance Sometimes uh, you need it. Brain, you may, you We're may not saying right, but there's there's gradations, and so, uh, there's a professional that needs to be in that place to kind of make that call mm-hmm. for yes. you. Yes, and so an example would be if someone comes in to therapy and there's a chemical imbalance, and they're doing all of the work, and we've been working on different treatments and goals, and things are not getting better. Then a therapist, or I, an example would be, I would recommend going to a doctor, a psychiatrist. A lot of people get scared when they say psychiatrist. But a yes. psychiatrist is, is one that I would recommend. I know, now, I know can, a general PCP can do it. Yeah, a general PCP can do it. Um, but like if you're needing like, you know, want an expert to be on an your case. An expert on that thing, yeah. And if you're complex, and, like if you have so many other drugs already, like for chronic things, it might wanna, be better to go to the special for that. Yeah, you want to go to the specialist. That, that, I mean, and it's nothing wrong to go to your yeah. primary care physician as well. That's what I'm saying. I've, a lot of clients I work with are with their primary care physicians. Mm-hmm. But, um, but so again, I'm going back to there's someone that has a chemical imbalance and is doing all the work may feel like what I'm doing everything and I'm not getting better and that's where we may connect with the doctor and then we start seeing improvement where we also go the other way where someone's taking medication but they never get treatment and they never work on the trauma or the event that happened the and coping just, skills they, yes so they just so they're vulnerable to have it again and then it compounds the absolutely so abnormal behavior that or uh, coping abnormal or not good coping skills yes. that you're probably doing on your own yes and that's where that's where I get clients that come in and say I just I don't want I don't want uh, medicine and so we say all right let's let's see what we can do and get started with uh, not necessarily going that route let's try I mean I, I completely respect people that are have those reservations um, yeah I also want to take away the, the, the uh, myths or the, the I guess myths out there that uh, 
antidepressants are going to be um, like you're going to get addicted to them. They're not oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. So, so you've had that? It's like so people important. like worried about that. Like, no, 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 guys. Yes, they get worried about <laughs> if I start taking antidepressants, then that okay. means I have to take them for the rest of my life. That's not true. Right. It may be, but again, it's not the, the sale. And right. Again, and it's again, a, a doctor's going to be telling you that, and you're going to be working working with a doctor to win you off, and and it's a it's a decision on both y'all y'all's part. Yeah, so, so they're not habit forming. Antidepressants are not habit forming, so it's really that's important good, that you guys yeah, that's a good point. Know that part, yes. Cool. So uh, you talked about uh, PTSD earlier, and I think uh, it's a very alphabetical soup uh, term that PTSD, PTSD, and it's complex. And so, you know, can you explain, like, what makes something, because that's a very complex one, because like you said, everyone just goes to, like, a war or trauma for veterans, Uh, so just kind of give us, like, again, the same kind of thing for the depression, where, like, what would make this qualify as PTSD versus not, like, the Bader thing, and then how it can be seen in a different way, like, give an example. Well, you know? I, I will talk about some of the symptoms because yeah. I don't want anybody here to think that I'm diagnosing them with yeah. anything because that's not what we're I'm We're just doing. saying that this is, you can Google this too, yes. but we're just saying <laughs> that, you know, okay. so. <laughs> you got cut up for a second. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, so a lot of the symptoms that war veterans, people that have gone through abuse, assault, again, natural disasters, it's where there's this um, inability to concentrate, hypervigilance, and when I say hypervigilance, it's constantly being in this survival mode of what we call fight, flight, or freeze, and so there's always this uh, like hyper-awareness hyper-awareness of, uh, of all of your surroundings, an ability, I mean, difficulty sleeping, um, uh, just, again, mood, uh, increased anger, irritability, and so again, it's something that you have intrusive thoughts of what happened. So it's like you can't stop thinking of the situation that happened or the nightmares, nightmares. coming in. So it, it's something that is um, really important to note if those are things that are happening, that mm-hmm. can be treated. Um, I mean, there's a lot of treatment out there and so it's important for you to, to be aware of what's going on and uh, going back really quickly to children, which I think is really important, yeah. is parents are the experts on their children. And so when they bring them in, I'm not there as a therapist or child therapist aren't there to say this, this, and this. They're, they need your help. And so we mm. need your help in working and collaborating and saying, what are some symptoms? And when I say symptoms, what are what is behavior? What are the emotions that are happening in your child's life that is different from what you're normally seeing? Yeah. Um, and so those are things that are going to help you see if my child has experienced that. Um if they went through a significant change in their life. And that can also include divorce, I mean, separation. Like the um, kid experience, thinking, oh, they don't know what's going on. Uh, they'll just know that mommy and daddy are not together and that'll be the end of it. And yeah. kids pick up a lot of stuff that Absolutely. you don't think they, they do. <laughs> or they let it out in ways that are not uh, the, yes. the easiest and the most lovable. I'm sure you've seen a lot of quotes out there yeah. because the way that they, they process those feelings without therapy is, is many times in anger and in tantrums behavior. and behavioral Problems. issues. and look at the grades in school and how that's affecting them and the other side of that is perfectionism I'm just going to do everything right and perfect and not mess up because I can't be another problem for my mom or my dad yeah Yeah. so being as parents being it's important for parents to be mindful of what are some changes I'm seeing and maybe it's a good idea to, to get it checked out not because they had you know, a tantrum at the store, especially if they're three. Yeah, but or they wake up in the night, I had a nightmare. No, we're not talking, that's happen. not PTSD. Yeah, that's, that's just not. every child, normal child. 
but you're saying that it's like a a cluster of symptoms cluster of system uh, symptoms and that it's consistent for how much time a period of time I, I i wouldn't want to give i just think if it's it's a persistent and long term long then time and it's affecting your everyday life right that's something to see running theme so, guys yeah <laughs> so it's it's something to, to look at and, and talk to someone because it could be some i mean one thing to to really consider when you're talking about depression how you said it's, it's so broad in general because yeah. there's so many things that can fall into that is is also there's so many factors that can play a part in that and that's again a traumatic experience but it could also be other medicines you're taking can cause a sense of depression oh yeah um, so environment uh like we said changes um it's really important to know that it's not just one thing. Weather, trauma weather too. I'm depressed. <laughs> I had a trauma. So many different things. Seasonal. Yeah, like you know, people in the north, like where kids like they go to college and they, you know. Yeah. And they're stuck in the campus. Yeah. Yeah. So it's important of, to know yeah. that it's not just because of trauma that you would get that. Yeah. You could feel like you've never had a, a situation that was significantly distraught for you but you could experience depression and it could be genetics it could be something yes. your grandmother had and then something you're you're you're, you're at a higher risk for yeah. yeah depending on the environmental stressor yes it could be triggered right. so to kind of wrap up uh, i would say what a, this has been very insightful and i hope this helps someone and then i also think that a good question to come up next would be, okay, this is kind of like if someone was listening, they'd be like, oh, I, I now know some things about myself, but I think, how can someone who sees a loved one, like, what can they do? Because sometimes some of these symptoms, the person doesn't realize them themselves that they're, so it's actually someone picking it up. And then, how, so what happened if you're in that situation? What does that person do? Well, I really love, if you ever get a chance, I think Brene Brown is really popular Yes, right now, I love her, I love her. She's got such good things. <laughs> Um, and so many times we, we want to help and we end up not helping. <laughs> and so one mm. of the things that I would just say is listen and th just provide support by actively listening and not mm. saying things like, at least you have this or at least because sometimes we try to fix everything and try right. to make that person like, feel better. When that don't, person, be fi don't be fixing stuff yeah, that you can't, you're not, you didn't go to school for that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> but, um, but you want to be a, a, a good source of support for your friend and that it comes through listening and um, you know, referring them to someone if you say, I, you know, here's some information. Never push someone that they need to go to counseling. That is something they have to decide for themselves. Yep. Um, and that goes the same thing. I know that's a little different with parents because you, you know, they're underage and, and you're bringing them right. to counseling. But with parents, one thing that I would say is having the patience because one of the, one of the things that studies have shown us is that uh, parents are key in helping a child heal. And so they are just key in being a support um, mm. to their children, being part of the therapeutic process. That is a key element in helping a child process grief, process trauma, process depression, process different things. And so again, going back to that support question, uh, it, there's nothing wrong with offering some, some information saying if you ever need it, but never pushing someone and saying, you need to go get help. And this is giving that information for them to decide for themselves. So perfect segue to the next question is, so what are some of those like tangible like resource places where people can go? Well, uh, if we're in the Dallas area, so yeah. I know I'm, I'm coming from East Texas. I, I did start my career here, so I know a couple of different organizations. 
Um, the, the one of the organizations that I feel would be a really good resource for you to call, especially in trauma, is the Trauma Support Services of North Texas. Okay. That's TSSNT. Um, and you can call, and if they can refer you to someone, there's also the Dallas Area Crisis Center uh, that's here in Dallas. There's several private therapists. I mean, count, I mean, Dallas has a lot of places Risk. for you to get resources. Um, Googling, but I would really recommend to contact Trauma Support Services right. of, of North Texas and just call and say, where can I get some counseling? Maybe my insurance covers it. Maybe I need self-pay. Maybe there's some scholarships available for me to get some free assistance mm -hmm. or grants. So uh, the key is, is knowledge. And so getting that information and, and seeking it and yeah. finding what, what are some resources because a lot of people don't go because of the afraid to look or just they just don't know yeah and just to kind of augment that uh it's you said like yeah we're in dallas area it's there's like so many so just pick and choose like there's so many options there's but just options, in case yeah. you're like in el paso like where i was practicing <laughs> there is you know there is some but then there's not like that specialized where you would find it here you would find that specialist here yeah. but what happened if you're in tyler like you are or if you're in el paso i would say that I, there's actually people, and I think it's a trend going into the therapy world and also in, in medicine, where it's called telemedicine. Like, people can act, like, it's a little, you know, insurances are, they're trying to open up the culture to be able to accept that. And not every licensed uh, professional, professional counselor or psychologist or uh, people would would agree to a partnership where you're an electronic, like, you know, basically a telemedicine client where you're, you might be in El Paso, but your therapist, whatever, is in Dallas, and you have your regular sessions over the phone. Yeah. And, and, and to add that's to that, an option. It is an option. If yes. you're not able to, like, obviously drive from, you know, somewhere far to get to, but the resource is there, and probably if they're very specialized or it's something that you really need, that person can probably guide you to someone who does do it. Yeah, and I would also recommend to make sure whoever you are talking to that you're checking their credentials, you're checking their yes. experience. So that you don't feel like a license they have a yeah, license, license not to, to practice know. therapy yeah uh, whatever state or city that may be but another source for that adding to that is psychology today psychology today oh yes you add specialty i'm looking at specialists mm -hmm. in my area on children on ptsd on trauma um, it's like the google of finding a provider a in your area yeah, yeah. If it's that's Spanish, a good one if it's a different language it's a great resource for you if you're mm -hmm. not in the dallas area and you can contact us yes that's so. correct well, uh, this has been wonderful. It has been. I feel like there's so much information. <laughs> but I think we went through yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. So I hope this helps someone. And um, given all this trending, uh, you know, people wanting to do lifestyle wellness and mental health, and that in Texas actually uh, is one of the worst states, you know, for mental health. Like we don't, and everyone knows it. So it's not like I'm giving a negative thing. I love Texas. Actually, I'm a, you know purebred texan girl Texan. <laughs> california but, too yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like that this is a issue and then there's a big problem with like this is why i'm doing the show as well that you go on instagram you go on facebook oh i am a wellness coach i'm a this and i'm a that yeah. and oh come to my course and and i want you to take a second like pause and be like wait or do they have a license what yeah, is it? And then there's some of them could right. be great for empowering and, yeah. and motivation. But again, knowing that that's very different, different. than a licensed counselor that and provides treatment. Treatment, yes. exactly. Yeah. And so, I mean, just being a practitioner on the social media thing, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that a lot. Yeah. And so uh, I want to guide you and navigate you through 
and what the you know things that you should be looking for and a good reliable store where you can't go wrong here you know so well uh, I hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you next time thank you so much for letting me be part of this of course yes, I'm excited bye